All right, talking relationships and now communication in relationships, how that links to mental health. Research from the Evolution of Communication survey shows that even with the vast modes of communication available, before and during the COVID-19 pandemic, women have been reporting greater declines than men in their mental health over the past decade, despite the myth that women are better communicate, uh, communicators. During the pandemic, the way the world has communicated shifted from in-person to virtual. While 93% of women said they preferred in-person communication to other channels, the new survey found a connection between in-person communication and women's mental health with four in 10 women saying that in-person communication is directly tied to their mental health. So to help us unpack this communication and relationship and mental health link, uh, our life coach Paula Quincy joins us now. Paula, good morning. How are you today? Good morning to you and the listeners. Thanks for making time. So what is this evolution of communication? How are we communicating now versus the way we were in earlier days in our relationships? Is it just on the virtual Uh, versus in-person communication, or is there more? So we have definitely moved online um, in terms of either using devices like phones, WhatsApp. We're also using devices and platforms in the workplace, so things like Slack channels or team channels. So we're communicating more in a digital way than in an in-person way. And this has changed the way that we communicate because uh, naturally we look at the subtle cues that we don't get online. So things like body language, facial expressions, tone of voice. Um, the way we respond and react. So a lot of those subtle cues have been removed in the digital world of communication. So then talking about why women seem to be suffering more with mental health issues, this study found that uh, as much as women can be better communicators, but that there are different styles of communication and these also evolve, they continue to evolve. In what ways do the styles of communication evolve? And maybe let's start with what are the different types of communication styles? So, you know, that re- that research um, report that you're referring to listed six different styles. Um, and over the years, if you could just go back to sort of pre- primitive days, caveman days, yeah. women naturally were the, the gatherers, men were the hunters. And women would um, communicate in, in troops or tribes. They would, um, f- you know, form bonds with each other. Now in the in the digital world and, and the way women have evolved, we are more expressive, so we are collaborative, we are more empathetic, um, we are more able to, you know, connect in ways that is more nurturing. And um, I just, off the top of my head, can't remember the other three styles. I think you may have that list in front of you. I don't have it in front of me right okay. now. Yeah, we can just touch on, on just a few things anyway, but I just want to focus more on the ways that that's evolved, yeah. Yeah, it has evolved. You know, we we um, in terms of the way that our the way that we relate and communicate now in a digital space mm. is very different, and um, we've had to evolve in terms of using more cues like our listening skills. We've had to enhance those in an online world, and um, it, as we've grown and as we've evolved in terms of the the digital world women are communicating very differently we've 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 lost that with um sorry i lost you there the signal's bad yeah sorry so you're saying we've lost that with with the virtual the move to virtual yeah 
Yes, absolutely. You know, we, because we don't have that face-to-face interaction and communication, we've lost that ability to tune into each other more empathetically. And um, women naturally communicate more with gestures. So, for example, um, hugging each other, touching each other, and, um, you know, offering gestures of encouragement and uh, ways of being there and sympathizing and being empathetic with each other. We, we do that more naturally as from a woman's perspective. Let's talk how it links this whole thing then to mental health. Is it going to be about one's partner in terms of how we are affected by communication in our mental health or is it an internal series of work that needs to happen within the individual? So, you know, when it comes to relationships, women are taking on or have taken on more responsibilities um, in terms of the home environment and we know that one of the biggest problems when it comes to relationships is the lack of communication. Men don't naturally communicate about their feelings and emotions where women do, and they're able to express that more. But with having to be connected online all the time from a work deliverable perspective and then um, you know, not having those support structures around them in terms of being able to, to have face-to-face face-to-face interaction with other women, um, they're not able to express that and have the supportive groups and communication that they would have had pre-COVID. For example, um, you know, think about, think about moms, moms groups in terms of kids going to the same school. Um, mothers would form bonds with each other. Mm. There's networking forums in the workplace that we would have in terms of, you know, women's leadership forums. There's things like book clubs from a social interaction perspective, and that's all been taken away from us. The women don't have those places and those forums to communicate through anymore like they did previously. You talked earlier about, you know, tuning in to, you know, tuning in more with each other empathetically and the role of understanding then and what that will mean for one's mental health in a relationship when they come to communication, understanding the the different types of, you know, communication that we're not the same, you know, Uh, if I can just cite some from the study, uh, there are people who are more listeners than they tend to initiate the conversations, the observer, so to speak, and then somebody else might be a protector. They find communication exhausting because their job requires them to communicate so they're a bit protective when it comes to communicating and then somebody else could be an initiator they just love to talk and they always start the topics off when it comes to communicating so how important uh, important will understanding your partner's way of communication or style of communication in making sure that mental health uh, is is achieved in a positive way so, so it's very important to understand how your partner likes to communicate. And often when it comes to relationships, what um, people refer to is love languages, the five love languages, because that is a way and a form of communication. In the workplace environment, it's often referred to as introverts and extroverts. Um, you know, extroverts are more outwards and, and um, talkative and communicative and people orientated where introverts prefer, prefer more to to be in smaller groups or one-on-one environments or even on their own. So it's important to understand what your communication style is, what your partner's communication style is, so that you can find a way to have those important conversations, particularly when it comes to resolving conflicts. So we need to study our partner's love languages. And what what happens when they don't know what they are? (laughs) (laughs) So that can definitely cause situations such as misunderstandings and miscommunications. Um, You know, we generally tend to talk our own love language. Um, The five love languages, acts of service, 
time, quality time, affection, words of affirmation, and um, physical touch. And we tend to talk our own language. And if that isn't your partner's language, your partner may not interpret that or receive it as your way of expressing love or, or connection or communication. And it could cause um, conflict where they're feeling that, you know, you don't love them, you're not interested in them, you don't want to have conversations with them. But it's just because you're talking and using your own natural communication style. Can it evolve the love language for, for one person? It can over time. Um, you know, as we go through different life stages, our, our priorities and our outlook on life changes and our needs change. So we can change a dominant um, love language, but we can also have supplementary love languages. Are there certain communication styles that will work better with, with others and not some? For example, if we say the meet and greeter that you mentioned, example of who, the one who wants to do face-to-face uh, communication, they might not go so well with maybe the oversharer, the one who just tells you everything you need to know about them, even without you asking them, just an, as an example. Certain communication styles work better with some than others? Okay, I think we're having some issues anyway on the line with, with Paula because she did uh, earlier complain that uh, she was being cut off. But uh, let's see if we can get a hold of her just with another two minutes to go before we say bye uh, here on uh, Sound Awake. Some of your messages. M at K1, our family member, says, That was so sweet, Asanda and Kanya. Enjoyed listening to your brilliant analysis. Loved it, but also envious of you. You can come join us, M at K1. It's fine. We'll, we'll do the trending topics with you one of these days as well, if you'd like to do that. But always great hearing uh, from you. All right, Paula, I don't know if you heard the, ex- the, the, the full question that I asked. If certain communication styles work better together than others? Yes, I did. And um, definitely you'll find that people that are more extroverted are more sociable and more talkative and can relate to each other a lot more because for them it's all about the, the connection and relating to the other person. Whereas if you're talking about people with, for example, the introverts or the people that are the observers, they prefer to kind of take a step back and just observe and listen to and, and absorb to what other people are saying before they can express themselves. And so over time, it can evolve. Um, you know, we, as, our, as we move through different life stages and our priorities and our outlooks change, our needs change as well. And that can cause a shift in the way that we communicate with others and connect with others. So are certain people who adopt certain communication styles more prone then to mental health issues? For example, an initiator who always has to start a conversation, is that person more prone to having mental health issues, feeling exhausted and drained? Absolutely, because they're constantly expanding their energy outwards to connect with other people. In fact, you know, connecting with other people actually energizes them. It's what we commonly refer to as the extroverts. And if they don't have that external connection, they can start feeling isolated and disconnected and alone and lonely. And that can start impacting our mental health in terms of um, feeling down and even lead to depression over the long term. And studies and research have shown that chronic loneliness and, and isolation can have an impact on our immune system that is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So the key then is understand your parameters, I mean, understand your communication style so you can set your parameters correctly, as well as learn your partner's love language. Definitely. You know, the key to to any relationship, personal or professional, is communication, because that's where, you know, if we can 
um, open ourselves up and be vulnerable and communicate in a much, um, you know, more connected way that is meaningful. It adds value and purpose to our lives where we feel connected to others and we feel valued and we feel that our relationships add meaning and value to our lives. Thank you so much again for joining us, Paula. Let's leave it there and uh, have a great day. Thank you to you and the listeners. Okay, Paula Quincy, a life coach, relationship expert, also gender-based violence advocate, uh, stand against that, uh, of course. Communication and relationships and mental health is what we were touching on. The quote of the day that we'll leave you with now is, uh, it reads, what you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Don't complain, end quote. This is by Maya Angelo, legendary author, orator, and poet. This quote is from her 1993 by Wouldn't take nothing for my journey now.